done it we've done it all right we're actually starting the podcast now uh no use thinking of the past for it is gone don't think of the future because it has to come think of the present because that's where you are kazi shams <laughs> okay we're getting we're getting back into the quotes thing good good um for, for for you all at home um I was going to talk about Persona 5, and I got about, like, two and a half minutes in, and then neither of us were enjoying it, and I'm like, no, this isn't going in the podcast. <laughs> Don't play Persona, it's not worth it. <laughs> um, god, um, fucking, it has been a week, uh... We don't need to talk about real-world shit right now, because all that's important is Bleach. I say as if the second episode did not completely slide off my brain. <laughs> it's okay, I've got a Pulitzer Prize-winning summary ready for- ready to tell you and our audience exactly what happened. Yeah, I'm excited to understand this episode, kind of like that one time I completely did not, like, capture the episode where Aizen got stabbed. <laughs> You remember when that happened? <laughs> oh, man. This is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co-host, Lily. And I'm your co-host, Sam. Should we just hop into it this week, Sam? Because, like, I I am itching to know, like, what happened in your episode, because, like, I, I have a loose idea. Uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't know. This This has been a disaster podcast already. <laughs> And it's like, like, it's a disaster podcast, but like, for some good ass episodes, or at least like, some pretty good episodes. Yeah, I mean, like, I liked my episode. I, I wouldn't say I loved it. I, I say, going back through my recap, trying to see if I actually liked it or not. <laughs> let's just get into it. Yeah, let's just do it. Let's, let's just do it. Episode 56, Supersonic Battle. Determine the goddess of battle. I really like that they use battle twice in this episode title. After a brief recap of the fight between Yamamoto, Shunsui, and Uketake, we get a scene with Yumichika humming to himself as he returns to his captain, Kenpachi. 
His captain sits on the destroyed bridge with his sword planted on the ground when Yumichika asks him if he won. Kenpachi tells him that Komamura ran off looking for Yamamoto, describing him as a wolfman to Yumichika's surprise. They kind of just gloss over that, and it's very... F- I, I do want to say, I think it's very funny that we had the big reveal that Komamura was, like, a furry, and then, like, nothing about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I also, like, in a sense, like, there's nothing here that says that, like, like, Kenpachi could be calling him, like, a wolfman, and Yumichika might be like, oh, that's probably got something to do with how he fights. Like... <laughs> Yep, true. I I guess that's true. It's just, like, it, it's more funny to me is that, like, a couple episodes back, we got the reveal that he is actually a furry and got, like, no more context on that. It was just, like, boom, he's a furry. <laughs> We're out. I do also really enjoy the just the little detail of, like, well, little detail. The the fact that, like, the show keeps zooming in on, like, Yumi, like last time we saw Yumichika, yeah, he was unleashing, like, his, his reels in Bakuto, but... He was beat to shit. <laughs> like, he was yeah. bruised and dirty all over, like, bleeding. And here he's, like, completely and entirely pristine, pristine actually shining, just, like, smooth yeah. skin all the way. His crops have been watered. His fields have been cleared. You know, it, it's been really weird because I have been, like, I, I do think Yumichika's been growing on me a bit. Like, obviously, like, this, the, the, like... Problematic jokes aside, like, I think Yumichika has grown on me, and I think I like him a lot more. He's fun. I love the way, like, I like the way that he bounces off Ikaku and Kenpachi, specifically. I do, too. Uh, Kenpachi and Yumichika agree they can sense Yamamoto fighting, while the former questions his subordinate's good mood. Looking over, he sees Yumichika is completely unscathed, with the classic bit of Yumichika claiming Kenpachi thinks him to be even more beautiful now. He explains that he's happy, since he hasn't been able to fight like this in a while. With us getting a cut to Shuhei, nice, as we learn Yumichika's Zanpakuto has the ability to drain spiritual energy, before his attention is drawn to the fire of Yamamoto's blade, bringing us back to the battle. So yeah, it's just like a little aside where it's like, oh hey, you remember that cut we did a, a week or two ago, where like he's like, oh this is my real Zanpakuto? Turns out it just drains spirit energy. Yeah, Shuhei's just, like, on the ground, and he's like, fuck, that's really unfair. God damn, I hate him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it sounds unfair. Like, it's a pretty good Zanpak, too. <laughs> it is, ironically, at the, like, at the same time, it is, like, a Zanpak that is completely against his, um, his squad's, like, aesthetics. And at the same time, it is the thing, it is probably one of the best at specifically the kind of thing that they like to do, which is one-on-one duels. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's actually really funny, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like Kenpachi would, like, be mad about it if he found out, but I also feel like he'd be like, well, this means you'll win some fights, so... I don't know, I feel like it'd be a mixed bag. (laughs) Shinsui and Ukitake stand stand before Yamamoto as a shikai, Ryukinjaka, or is it Ryujinjaka? I I don't fucking know. Uh is released, fire enveloping everything around them. Ukitake wonders how long it has been since he last felt this fear with such heat, as Yamamoto's blade is the oldest and most powerful fire zanpakuto. The captain commander asks them to release their blades, so they may actually put up a fight, while Shinsui claims it can't be helped. The two release their blades, Sogyo no Kotowari for Ukitake and Katan Kyokotsu for Shinsui. Both shikai consist of two blades each. 
Yamamoto notes these as the only two dual-bladed Zool- only two dual-bladed Zanpakuto in all of Soul Society. As Ukitake states they are ready, clashing with Yamamoto alongside Jinsui in an explosion of force. So, yeah, I I mean, I guess they could be the only two dual-bladed Zanpakuto in all of Soul Society. It's Yeah, well, they're the only ones in Soul Society. Uh, and I'm I get the feeling that there's not that many like not I don't think there's many like any below captain uh, below vice captain level that actually do like unleash their swords. True. Um, like, but I do I do want to mention like the what, the way Ukitaki words it, which is like when uh, Yamamoto is walking towards him and he's like, "How long has it been since I felt this fear like the weight of the deep sea?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. Uh, occasionally, like, occasionally Kubo hits. Uh, I really hope my wife's snores are not being picked up extremely loudly on the microphone. Don't worry, they are being picked up on the microphone. <laughs> they are, but they're quiet enough. Alright. <laughs> Everybody say hello to my wife. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, anyway, like, this scene's pretty good. It's, like, it... I wish we had gotten a little more of this fight, because it still just feels like, hey, you remember they were fighting, and then they clash once, and then we don't really get any more of that the entire episode? But, you know, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Yeah, it's just like, we... I mean, we do get, like, the giant clash, and then it's like, okay, on, on to other stuff. On to other things. Yeah, because we, like, immediately cut to the Rukan guy, where an old friend, Jidanbo, finally wakes up. Uh, I was really happy to see him. Um, he punches the ground with his previously injured arm, and some villagers are like, oh, are you feeling any pain? Are, are you alright? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Thanks for your help. Uh, they tell him to thank Orihime, as she is actually the one who put in the hard work to heal his arm. Uh, one notes that it has been five days since the Ryoka entered the Serote, as Kukaku shows up, asking Jidambo if he is concerned for them. Uh, he asks what she wants from him before uh, before she suggests he join her for a walk to go see Yoruichi, which leads to a smile from Jidambo. I was very happy to see Jidambo. I like him. I, like I'm very happy. He was really fun in his last appearance, and I'm glad he's. Uh, I'm glad he's okay. I'm glad his arm's not hurt, and I'm glad he's apparently going to have something to do which i i completely forgot that he showed up again yeah i completely <laughs> forgot he showed up again too i'm like interested in where this goes uh and i'm more specifically interested in like them going to see yoruichi which is like i don't know that sounds like it could be interesting i i i'm excited about where this goes and i hope it's not nothing yeah we cut to the battle between Yoruichi and Soifun, which is, like, the meat of this episode. Uh, as the two clash midair with each other's kicks, they separate, and Soifun states Yoruichi isn't any stronger despite all her years in hiding, while the latter states Soifun has let her skills dull. Soifun mentions the Shihon clan symbol on the garb worn by Ichigo, concluding that Yoruichi gave it to him. She confirms it, stating that he needed it to be able to fly so he could save Rukia, which leads to Soifon claiming the Shihoin clan has become corrupt, which could lead to them losing their place in the Four Noble Houses. She says the fall of the Noble House, like the Shiba clan, is never pretty. While Yoruichi mocks her for how talkative she is, questioning if being the commander-in-chief of the stealth force is too much for her. We get so much information in this, like, one shot. 
There is so much, and at the same time, I'm just like, I'm drinking in Yoroichi just being like incredibly petty and mean. <laughs> like, yeah, she, cause same. She, she she's just like, oh, you're saying that I haven't gotten any stronger in the last hundred years? Well, you know, whatever. That doesn't really matter. You seem to have gotten weaker, though. <laughs> like, what's up with that? <laughs> it's like, holy shit, Yoroichi. <laughs> it really is just, like, two fucking... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Like, we have to address the fact that these two are very clearly lesbians. Um, but it's just, like... It very much, like, them two, like, just bickering about which one is better the entire time. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I do... I am glad that we got the fucking detail of what the hell that was that Ichigo was wearing and being like, yeah, that's just so he could fly. Yeah, I'm so, it's like, oh yeah, it's yet another old ancient artifact of my family clan that lets you fly. Does Yoramichi just have all of these, like, hanging around? <laughs> I'm, wo- I'm wondering if she just has a stash, or if over the last couple of days she's been, like, going to her, like, ancient vaults, and she's like, I'm just gonna grab this, I'm just gonna grab this. He's over there fighting, uh... Fighting Zangetsu, I'm just gonna grab this. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, either way works. I, I think it's funnier if she just has a stash. <laughs> like, just, like, a little secret area where there's just, like, a pile of little artifacts, and she's like, will this work? Yeah, yeah that'll work. I now, now, Ichigo, you have to be careful. I only have six more ways to let you fly in dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry, I only have three things that will completely murderize this phoenix. <laughs> Soifon tells Yoruichi not to underestimate her, since Yoruichi's time has passed, before drawing her zanpakuto as dozens of Punishment Force members appear. Uh, it's literally like, she like plants her sword into a tree, and then like suddenly there are just like a ton of ninjas. That's just like what happens. It's great. Well, you know, she's the leader of the... She's the leader of the punishment ninjas, so as soon as she's like, yo, time to die, that means a bunch of ninjas show up and they say, yo, time to die. Yeah, uh, she specifically st- states that drawing of drawing her blade signals an execution, meaning all who oppose her must die. Yoruichi flash steps, taking out all of Soifan's subordinates with, like, little effort, as the former claims the Stealth Force commander has forgotten she's dealing with the Flashmaster. It is the dumbest shit, and I kind of love it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like they all show up, and then suddenly all of them are, like, punched out of the air, and then you start seeing, like, the afterimages of, <laughs> of Yoroichi's, like, movement, like, taking them out, and it's like, oh shit. Oh shit. It's a cool scene. It's like a little si- like it's a bit silly. I I thought, but like I was into it. I dug it. <laughs> yeah, I do. I like how much she likes that title of Flashmaster because she's like, I might have thrown away the title of head of the Defense Corps, but I haven't thrown thrown away my other title. And it's like, yeah, I know. You keep telling Byakuya you still have that title. <laughs> you know who the Flashmaster is, right? It feels like she's like an overexcited teenager, just like really hype about being called a cool name. <laughs> Soifon proclaims she has no choice but to strip this title from Yoruichi, removing her Hauri, uh, wow, I fucked that pronunciation up, her Hauri, uh, to reveal a sleeveless and backless outfit, the the Keisen Shozoku, which Yoruichi claims brings back memories. 
Soifon tells her to think back even further before leaping at Yoroichi, who narrowly blocks. The, the two clash in a series of fast blows, with the two observing that they both took a hit. Yoroichi asks if Soifon's outfit has some kind of gimmick allowing her to move faster, as the latter appears behind Yoroichi, releasing her shikai, Suzumebachi, which takes the form of a kind of gauntlet with a large stinger-like point emerging from her middle finger. I fucking love Suzumebachi. It's so good. Like, it, it's, re- you know, it's red, uh, well, not red, it's yellow and black, uh, it's, like, its name means hornet, uh, it's just all, like, it's like a, a big hornet sting thing. It, like, it's a it, stinger. It's sick. It, 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 you, like, immediately have, like, a good idea of, like, not, not exactly, like, what it does, but, like, you have a good idea of, like, the core conceit of it, which is, hey, fucking avoid that stinger. Yeah. Um, plus, it just looks cool. Uh, attempting to escape, Yoroichi gets stabbed in the chest as Soifon berates her for not believing she may have been holding back as a butterfly-like mark appears on Yoroichi's chest above the wound. Soifon calls it a homonka, wondering if Yoroichi remembers the ability of her shikai, calling it a death mark and stating that the second blow to the same spot will result in death, which seems like a really OP fucking move. It's so cool. Like, this shit is the exact kind of gimmick power fight that I want to see. <laughs> so, like, so I'm watching this and I'm like, yes, yes. It, it's sick. I, I really liked this. Uh, she states that she has perfected it in the time Yoroichi was away, as Yoroichi begins to flee once more. Soifon pursues her, telling her that the Homunka have no time limit, because back when Yoroichi was here, they used to have, like, a time limit of, like, around an hour, but she's, like, perfected it, so they no longer have a time limit. Um, so, running away is pointless. Yoroichi, while running, attempts a surprise attack, kicking out two Anken blades at Soifon, which are easily deflected. The two continue to fight, with Yoroichi receiving a few more death marks, before the two stand against each other. Soifon asks if she understands her superiority now, claiming it's time to finish this with a new technique she invented, a combo of Hakuda and Kido that results in a swirling wind-like energy emanating from her. She claims she only perfected this a few days ago, and that Yoruichi will be the first victim of this technique, which thus far has been unnamed. (laughs) It's so good! This whole, like, for the... Like, the, the sequence with the Suzumebachi's, like, attacks just, like, showing up on Yoroichi as butterflies looks really sick. And yeah. then when Yoroichi, like, actually kicks back, they do have also, like, just a really quick, like, just mid-air showdown of martial arts that looks really good. Yeah. It, the fight this episode does look really, really cool. I, I, I very much did enjoy it. Um, and, like, yeah, like you were saying earlier, that the gimmick is really interesting. I, I think my main problem with the fight is, like, it almost feels like they don't use the gimmick enough. Like, they mention it, and we see, like, a bunch of death marks on Yoroichi, but, like, I almost wish we had gotten some more of that, like, internal, like, thinking, or, like, some slowed down shots of, like, Yoroichi, like, narrowly dodging it, hitting the same spot. If that makes sense. Like, I don't know. It's there. It's cool. I just wish they had used it more. Yeah, like, I'll block with my arm so it doesn't, like, hit a mark and, oh, now the arm has a mark so I can't use the arm to block anymore. That kind of stuff. Yes, exactly that. Uh, that that's, like, my main concern with the fight. Uh, the rest of it's really cool. 
Yeah, but see, Yoroichi's just too good. She doesn't have to think. No thoughts, head empty. Just win fights. Yeah, just win fights. Uh, speaking of which, Yoroichi tells her this technique that Soifon supposedly invented has already been invented, and it in fact has a name. Shinko. While she tells this to a st- on Soifon, uh, she also explains that the reason the ca- uh, Keisen Shozoku, which is the outfit that Soifon is currently wearing, uh, opens at the back and the shoulders, lies in the dense explosion of keto that comes from such a technique. The outfit was designed with this in mind, as any fabric in those areas would simply be torn off anyway. She activates her own shunko, blowing the clothing off her back and shoulders, as she gets like a cool, sick new outfit, which I love, uh, and she crackles with keto that resembles electricity? Uh, she admits she did not want to use this technique to battle Soifon, as even she can't control it well, before unleashing a massive blast of energy and ending the episode. The, I, like, one, I really like how Yoroichi's like, hey, uh, sorry, you're a little late, it's called Shunko, in fact, and also it's, it's so old, it's the reason your outfit looks like that. Learn your roots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also love... I I really do love the, hey, I can't fucking control this well, so I didn't want to use this, but since you're going to, since you're going to be a brat, I'm going to fucking use this. <laughs> and at the same time, like, you can see that Yuroichi's version of it is, like, it looks like lightning, but it's also, like, it's far denser and it's more tightly enveloping her body compared to um, Soifan's, which is more of, like, a vague aura around her and it's like yeah. it looks cool but then you look at yoroichi and you're like oh that's dangerous <laughs> like soifan's like appears to be like swirling wind around her which is really cool and it does give an impression of power and then you see yoroichi's which is just like electricity like crackling around her and it's just like oh oh no oh no <laughs> what, are, what are the manga differences this week sam uh, first, I do want to mention that the end of uh, the end of episode skit is actually the start of the soccer arc that I've been talking about. <laughs> oh, like it's uh, Khan in Ichigo's body just being like, "Do do 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 do." Here's how I'm handling this summer, and also I took my I stole my body from uh, Yuzu and I put it in Ichigo's drawers. I I'm, you know, I'm starting to feel like maybe I should start watching the after episode things. <laughs> Uh, some manga notes, though, is that the one thing that I'd forgotten to mention is a thing that Kubo is well known for throughout Bleach is incredible chapter names. Yeah. Uh, which happen here and there just a little bit. And one from last week is <laughs> Redoutable Babies. <laughs> what? Redoutable is a French word that means formidable. <laughs> And it's like, oh, because he's talking about Shinsui and Ukitake fighting Yamamoto. They're formidable babies. babies. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, they're formidable. They're really powerful, but also they're babies. And then I'm going to share in the uh, chat channel just the f- one of the first images of uh, this chapter as well, just because it's called "Welcome to Purgatory" is the name of the chapter type of the chapter. Um, oh, that 
Okay, that's fucking sick. And honestly, just like, for anyone listening and who isn't reading the manga, I recommend just going in to check chapters 156 to around 160, which is like these this pair of episodes, because the manga chapters for those have some of the coolest two-page spreads that Kubo has done, and the anime really doesn't do him justice. Yeah, that's been like my core conceit, like seeing like the manga like pages you've been showing me are wow, the anime is kind of flubbing this, but like I also get that like at the time, like they didn't really have the budget to do this. So it's like mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm still enjoying it, but man, I sure wish it looked this cool. Yeah, like it's a, it's less a question of budget and more of budget of a uh, question of time. Uh because being a forever anime, you know, true, this true, is true. like this this is episode 56, is the 56th straight weekly episode Yeah, uh, that has showed up. This is very true. So it's over a year of animation, whereas these days, they cut the, they cut the seasons up into 13 or 26, or thereabouts, uh, these chunks, and then they're like, okay, we take one season, we make the anime, and then we, can, we take another se- then we take a season off where it's not airing, and then we, we might be working on the, on the next season of the anime during the season off. Um, I'm glad they've switched to doing that for sure. Yeah, and then the only other thing that we get for this uh, for this episode is it's the end of a manga volume, which means we get two more character files. <laughs> uh, we get the ones for Ukitake and for Shunsui. So, I was very pleased with these songs you sent me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Ukitake's uh, theme song is Jonathan Cain's "Back to it, Back to the Innocence," but the so just the, like the little trivia here, he's the eldest of eight children, five brothers and two sisters. Uh, he's from a minor house, like a lesser nobility. A dutiful son, he not only supports his parents and siblings, but most of his relatives as well. Like his job is just providing for the entire clan. Jesus. Um, and here we actually learn like what his anime disease is. He's born with a lung ailment that frequently incapacitates him. But he's well-liked by the members of the other companies due to his affable personality and impressive skills. Uh, he has gray hair because it went gray over the course of three days during one of his six spells. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you serious? That's... Okay. All right. Sure. Sure. And... Because the names Jushiro and Toshiro sound similar, he has a one-sided affection for Toshiro Hitsugaya, and he offers Hitsugaya food every time he sees it. <laughs> he's, he's like, child, come over here, have some dango. <laughs> I love this. I, I just can't believe Ukitake has, like, anime Leland Palmer disease. Fucking, I don't know, I don't know, have you seen Twin Peaks? Like, I have not. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, to explain, the, uh, main character, well, I wouldn't say the main character, Laura Palmer, the, like, girl who died and starts everything, her dad, like, grieves so hard for her that his hair just, like, turns fucking gray. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that shows a lot. Uh, meanwhile, we've got Shunsui Kyoraku, the captain of the 8th company, and... So his stuff is, one, he's good drinking buddies with Rangiku, uh, the okay. vice captain from 10th Squad. He's the second son of the high-ranking Kyoraku family, born to a long line of martial artists, 
but he hates academics and martial arts, so he was forced to enter Soul Reaper Ac Academy because he was leading an ableist life. That sounds yep. like him. Yeah, that sounds about right so far. And uh, the so the extra coat that he has over his captain's uh, uniform is a cheap woman's coat and obi the sash. Okay, but the pinwheel in the pinwheel hairpin is very expensive. Oh, I'm glad they specified that. It cost uh, as much as two houses. I'm sure. <laughs> you could feed a house, You could feed a family for a year on that pinwheel. <laughs> I wonder which is more expensive between his pinwheel and. Byakuya's, like, fucking hair clips. Probably Byakuya's hair clips, let's be honest. Like, I, I could see Byakuya's hair clips feeding a family for, like, ten years. Well, we know it's worth, like, as much as a house or something, or, like, three houses. I forget the exact amount. We know they're crazy expensive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> ah, the nobility. The nobility! And that's it for uh, Manga Bits for this episode. Alright, well, let's go ahead and cut to a break. Let's get to a break. So, let's get back into it with episode 57, Senbon Zakura Crushed. Zangetsu thrusts through the sky. The episode begins with the aftermath of Yoroichi, like, lighting up the forest, where, like, she just dug this massive trench in the ground around Soifan as proof of her power. Uh, she says she never taught it to Soifan because it's too dangerous a technique. And Soifan takes rejection totally fine and rushes forward with murderous intent. <laughs> as Soifan does. Uh, but she's shocked when her attack is very gently grabbed and neutralized. Uh, it's basically just like, it's a technique that Yoroichi does with like, oh, it's uh, by doing the exact, like, by doing the exact counter spin at like the right amount of power, whatever, it's not important. The point is, it's showing that Yoroichi is f so far ahead of Soifan that she can do this to her. It's so cool, actually. I, I really, this was probably like, I, I mentioned this episode kind of slid off my brain a lot. Uh, this was probably the coolest part of the episode for me. I was just like, this little bit where she just like very gently stops this movement is so cool. Yeah, and it's like, it really, like gentle is the right word. Like it really is like just a really nice gentle motion where she just like grabs her hand and she's like, oh, oh dip. It's uh, so good. Unfortunately, the way that she was so easily neutralized, like, pisses Soifan even uh, it pisses her off even more and she demands answers as to how in the world Yoroichi who has been hidden away for a hundred years and away from battle is still so far ahead of her <laughs> uh, so we flash back to all the way back to when Soifan was but a tiny bean amongst ninjas with the name <laughs> Shaolin and one of those ninjas is explaining that Yoroichi visible on a palanquin and in full royal regalia is the princess of the Shihoin clan and is the appointed Tenshi Heisoban, Defender of the Realm. One day, she'll lead the Punishment Force, and the Fawn Clan's duty and fate is to do everything for her. They're her arms and legs. They're basically her servants. Um, and it's at this point that uh, 
pre the the previously named uh, Shaolin is now given the name of Soifan. Okay. Which apparently means broken bee. Put a pin I, in that. Okay, that, that's that's a pretty that's good. That's good. Uh, and uh, so as the present uh, Soifan narrates over the flashback, she explains that at this point she viewed Yoroichi as a goddess, and that. Also, her clan just made their living through generations as executioners and assassins who valued strength over everything. They were so strict that anyone who couldn't make it into the punishment force was immediately disowned from the family. <laughs> uh, okay, really quick. At first, I wasn't, like, sure ab- about, like, the whole wording of oh, viewing Yoruichi as a goddess, but, like... The more I think on it, like, if your entire family's, like, purpose is to, like, serve her, I can see where that might fucking, like, come up into your mind. Well, it's, like, also, the first time that she sees her is when she's in, like, full imperial regalia. <laughs> it's True. like, oh, she's, like, a vision of authority, and it's like, oh, ah, point, goddess. <laughs> yeah. And besides, everyone else in her life is, like, a faceless ninja. Like, yeah, that's true. Not much else to look at. <laughs> like, Yorochi's the first person with a face. She's like, oh, people have those? Okay, I just thought I was the only one. People can make expressions? <laughs> uh, we see a scene of her fight, of uh, Soifan fighting off several members of the force. Uh, but at, even though she was, a, like, she's clearly just, like, a step above them, she's taking on, like, five or six of them at the same time, Yorochi shows up and shows that she is like, even further beyond. <laughs> uh, like, just taking everyone out, like, in a moment. Narrator she, like, Soifan to- grabs one with, like, her legs and, like, spins around and, like, it- it's almost like, if you're familiar with wrestling, like, a Hurricane Rana, it's almost like that kind of motion, but, like, completely in midair. <laughs> it's sick. Yeah, you, like, Yoruichi shows up and she's like, I'm not even operating in the same set of physics you all are. <laughs> <laughs> The narrator, Soifan, tells us that she adored and worshipped her, and eventually, after seven years of service, she was appointed to Yoroichi's personal guard. Unfortunately, her formality and devotion ran headfirst into Yoroichi's desire to be more, like, personable between them. There's a brief exchange here where Yoroichi asks her to be less uptight and less formal, and when Soifan reacts negatively, you can see Yoroichi's features drop. Like, it's not a hugely obvious thing, like, it's... Um, like, it's not, like, crazy subtle, but it is just, like, a little bit like, oh, okay. You can see that the response she got from Soifan is, like, disappointing. Yeah. Uh, She does take it down a notch. Like, she uses Sama instead of San, uh, but she's still using Sama. She's using Yoroichi-sama or Lady Yoroichi instead of, like, the very formal appellation of her title that she was using uh, previously. But, like, I think the whole exchange is just, like, really cute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's it's adorable. Uh, I I did like this part. I, I it is exactly that same situation of where I did not remember things that happened in that Eisen episode. Like you saying things and me unlocking memories of oh yeah, I did like this part. <laughs> like yeah, no, this is good. Ah uh, yes, it's like a chain of memories. I'm leaving this fucking call <laughs> right now. <laughs> we get another scene set later where Yoroichi calls her a little bee. Put a pin in that. And then runs off, uh, telling her to follow while the rest of the core watch on. And then this leads to another scene where the pair of them are fighting off giant hollows. 
And narrator Soifan is telling us that she was happy to be at her side, even in battle. And all this leads into another flashback scene where Soifan's like, just, she's training at night. She's incredibly frustrated that she's not strong enough to protect Yorochi. Like, Yorochi has to save her when they're in, when they're in battle and all that. And then Yorochi just, like, shows up behind her and she's like, no, this is how you swing a sword. <laughs> and it's, they... it's a good little moment, but, like... I don't know. This is probably like the the part that slid off my brain the most. <laughs> it's like at this point, Yoroichi opens up to her uh, because so like because Soifan like expresses how frustrated she is that she can't live up to like the legacy of her family. She can't be strong enough to protect Yoroichi, and Yoroichi opens up to her because she's like, "Oh, like you and I are alike." And then she lays her head in her lap while looking at the night sky, and I'm sorry, but this is, like, genuinely good retainer lordship romance fiction. Yorichi even responds to Soifan's, I'm going to promise to be at you- I promise to be at your side, forever, with, it's a promise. <laughs> it is pretty gay. I- I will state, like, obviously, like, there's some problematic bits with, like, the fact that, like, Soifan was, like, a child when Yorichi met her, but, like, other than that, it's like, it's pretty gay. Uh, and at this point, like, narrator Soifan's like, I was happy until the day Yoroichi's seat was empty. Suddenly and without warning, she disappeared. Uh, the betrayal burned at Soifan, and we we switch to the present version of the of Soifan, who's, like, telling all this to Yoroichi. She's yelling at her, uh, and she's attacking her, and Yoroichi just, like, neutralizes her attacks again, like, without a word. Which leads to Soifan falling to her knees, like, tearfully, and she's asking, like, Why didn't you take me with you when you left? And Yoroichi says she's gotten stronger, and Soifan just breaks down crying completely. Like, oh, yeah, like, y like Yoroichi leaving was a traumatic event for Soifan. Like, I can understand why. I, I do think, like, it's a really good character motivation and i'm interested in seeing where we like what more we get of it because obviously this is not over uh i, I don't know i'm interested in seeing where this goes yeah, like i just i really like like all the um, the soifan stuff that we got from this and also it's just like oh yeah like that's this is the reason why she's like so mad she's she's essentially a spurned ex like <laughs> yeah like she's just it, really mad and you see it in the in like those flashbacks how kind and nice and close they got uh, they got together, and then yeah, Yorichi just like, I pr yeah, I you promise to be with me at, at my side forever. It's a promise, and then she fucking disappears. <laughs> yeah, it's it's effective, and it makes you actually sympathize with Soifan pretty pretty well. And you know what? It it's good. I this is probably my like the whole Soifan Yorichi stuff is probably my my favorite stuff in this entire episode. Like, the rest, I could take or leave, honestly. Yeah, and before we move on to the rest, uh, I just want to take a moment to touch on the imagery that surrounds Soifan's character. So, like, Renji's motif of wild dog involves, it. like, it informs a lot of his design aesthetics, it informs a lot of his relationships. Uh, in the story, Soifan's got a bee theme. Her name means broken bee. Suzumabachi's name means hornet. Her devotion to a strong queen. Her replacing the queen when she goes missing and becoming the queen of the drones herself. Uh, it's bees, bees, bees all the way down. Kuba was like, you know what? I like bees. And, you know, I I'm here for it. I'm kind of here for it. 
It's strong theming is what it is. Yeah, it's good. Uh, like, when Kubo, like, actually wants to, you know, use proper themes for a character and, like, make a strong character design and, like, you know, personality, he does pretty well with it. Now, if only he would do it more often. Well, yeah. actually, no. The, pr- the problem isn't that he doesn't do it often. The problem is that, I guess, he tries to do it too much and then there's unequal quality. That's the problem. Uh, but that's a problem that we'll be discussing more in future episodes. For sure. <laughs> Elsewhere, Ikaku and Tetsuzaimon are drinking. The pair, they're like painted up with the with the battle medicine that uh, Ikaku has shown previously. Presumably after having fought for a bit. They remark on the nature of the lightning shot out by Yoruichi's attacks, with Ikaku saying, eh, Kido's not his thing, and he applies that the vice captain is good at everything. But Iba said, well, he wasn't always that good. It's just that being good at everything means you have a higher chance of making vice captain. So they keep drinking, and Iba's explaining that he's basically climbing the ranks for his own, like, for its the purpose of climbing the ranks. Like, he thinks that's fun in and of itself, and a worthy goal in yeah. and of itself. And Ikaku's like, bullshit, you're doing it for your mom. <laughs> you were doing it for your mother. <laughs> uh, before they can discuss further, however, and we can get, like more character beats from them. The alcohol gourd they were using runs dry, and that means it's time to fight again after they've used rock, paper, scissors to decide who gets the high ground. I love these stupid idiots. I I really loved this part where they're just like, all right, we're going to do Junken Pun, Junken Pun, Junken Pun. Like, that thing, just like fucking five times in a row. <laughs> yeah, because it's Very like, tie, good. tie, 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 tie. Oh, Iba wins, so Iba gets to pick the high ground. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> You know, there's a little bit of a mention where it's like, uh, Tetsuzaimon's like, hey, who the fuck is fighting uh, Byakuya? Like, he seems to be fighting, like, on even ground. And, you know, Ikaku, like, explains, oh, that's uh, Ichigo, he's won the Ryoka, I fought with him. And Iba's like, damn, that must be, like, a really fun guy to fight. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, between this and the Junkenpon to, like, settle their fighting and the drinking, it's like, oh, yeah, like, Iba was part of Division Eleven. Yeah, you know, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. You're right. That, that's a good little character beat. And uh, and then they, so they're just like, all right, well, enough of that. Time to resume our fighting. And the conditions are, loser has to go fetch more sake, and the winner gets to sit back and relax while he does. Presumably, they're just going to keep doing this all day. I assume this is like round three or four already. <laughs> it's honestly pretty good. <laughs> Whereas like, they just I... keep fighting, and then the loser goes get more sake, and then they drink, and then they fight again, and then they drink again. I'm I'm kind of glad that like throughout all of this like extremely serious like heavy fighting, there's just like this fucking stupid ass like little spat that's happening where they're like, no, you're gonna get the sake this time. I don't know. It's good. It's good. I mean, all of the Vision Eleven is just like, yo, we're just doing what we want. Like Kempachi just wants a good fight, whether it's against Ichigo or against uh, any of the other captains. <laughs> He's just looking for a good fight, and so is his uh, subordinates. It's good. I like it. We cut back to the Sokioku grounds where Ichigo and Byakuya are fighting, the latter noting that the formers even mas- managed to master the flash step. And Ichigo saying, Hey, um, you're a fucking awful brother, and I want you to stop taking me lightly because I'm going to crush you ideologically and completely. Because <laughs> uh, he wants Byakuya to use his bankai so he can crush it and prove that he isn't shit so that Rukia will never have to be traumatized by him again. 
It's a it's a good bit. I I like Ichigo here. Uh, Byakuya, as usual, is just like mm, no, no. Yeah, Byakuya's like uh cheap provocation, whatever. But more importantly, his shikai is more than enough to handle the situation. So he like scatters Zenbanzakura, only to have it repelled by a monstrous beam of energy fire from Ichigo's sword. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> it's like when Udahara like first saw the the beam that Ichigo could do and yeah. he almost lost his arm this is the same thing and it's even the same arm that almost get like Byakuya's arm is currently like uh is currently bleeding we don't know how how badly it was hurt but we do know that right next to Byakuya is a giant trench in the ground <laughs> yeah soul reaper bodies be strong <laughs> and uh we basically we Byakuya's like Hey, um, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, what the fuck did you just do? And Ichigo explains that, uh, the, he, he, he explains the basic ability of his sword, which essentially is he takes a swing and then his sword absorbs his spirit pressure, which we already know from like repeated mentions in the series that Ichigo has like an abnormally high spirit pressure that's like captain or higher. So it yeah. just takes a bunch of that spirit pressure and shoots it out in an amplified swing and shoots it out like a beam. <laughs> My favorite part of this is that Ichigo is just like, by the way, I didn't even know how to use it until like today. So, you know, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, I didn't, I had no idea how to use it. And it's like, oh, well, that's, that's nice, Ichigo. <laughs> Uh, he like he th he thinks back to like when Udahara was showing him stances and like the right mindset, and Zangetsu had to show him like the actual move. And once he was able to do it at will, Zangetsu told him the name, and he was like, "Yeah, knowing the name of the move is going to make it like many times more powerful." In the same way that like knowing the name of their sword makes Shinigami more powerful. Yeah. So it's kind of like an extension of this, and the move name is Getsuga Tensho. Or Heaven Scratching Fang, or Heaven Piercing Fang, which, might I remind you, the theming of Byakuya is moon-based. <laughs> it's good. It's very good. I, I do love Getsuga Tensho. I do think it is kind of funny that, like, the main character's move is just, like, a big key blast, but, you know, I'm here for it. Yeah, Ichiko plants his sword in the ground, and he declares again, Hey, fight, with me, fight me with your Bankai. I'm going to crush you. And that's where the episode ends. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly like, it wasn't a bad episode. I don't know why so much of it slid off my brain. It was just kind of like my attention span this week. But like, it overall, both of these episodes were pretty good. I really like both of these episodes. And uh, there we even have some interesting stuff in the manga for this one. So first, we learned that the name Soifan was the name of her great-grandmother. And also, Shaolin was the youngest of six siblings. Two died oh, on their first mission. Two died on their second. And the last of her brothers died on his sixth mission. Oh my. And, and Soifan's like, reaction is basically, I'm embarrassed they were so weak. Oof. Oof. Uh, we learn Yoroichi is the first woman to lead the Shihoin family. Uh, we have this bit, this one-page montage in, that I'm just going to paste here, where she's like, I would have died for her over and over, I swore it in my heart. And then it's just like a really nice uh, montage of them like interacting, where like 
they're eating next to each other and Yoroichi's stealing her food. Uh, she, like, feels bad about the way that her bangs are cut and then Yoroichi sees her feeling bad so she cuts her bangs in the same way, that kind of stuff. It's so cute! This it's so, so cute. cute! And then you turn the page and it's this page, the page where she opens the door onto Yoroichi's empty seat and she's like, it came without warning, without even saying goodbye, she disappeared from my life, holy shit. This has similar oomph to some of the later chapters in Chainsaw Man. I will not I will not go further than saying that. But it's just like this really happy moment. Then you're like, oof, gut punch. Uh but then we get we get some extra info. The next day I heard the charges desertion, helping Kisuke Urahara to escape, and eluding arrest. Henceforth, Yoroichi Shihoin is no longer commander-in-chief of the secret remote squad or commander of the punishment force. It was a scandal and a betrayal by my personal god. I love that. I fucking love that. And finally, the chapter name for chapter 160, which is the one with uh, Byakuya and Ichigo fighting, is called Battle on Guillotine Hill. (laughs) (laughs) That's... I don't know why this is evoking fucking Pumpkin Hill Sonic Adventure shit, but it is, and I kind of am- I'm fine with that. (laughs) Just some real, real good chapter naming shit there. Oh, I love it. It's very good. And that's it for the- the manga stuff. That's it for- that's it for those episodes. We've done it. We have done another week. This is episode 30 of our show, Sam. We did it. We've made it 30 episodes. We're, like, we are inching ever closer to getting to a full year. Like, obviously you have some months, but, like, we are inching ever closer. <laughs> um, This has been a pretty alright week. I enjoyed these episodes. Uh, I don't really have much more to add. I, I feel like it's kind of been a tired week, but, you know, what What else is new? That just kind of happens sometimes on Bleachcast. Yeah. Uh. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can follow us at BleachCast. You can email the show at iwobleachcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or feedback. If you want to find me on Twitter, you can follow me at Lavender underscore pause. And I don't really do Twitch stuff anymore right now, so I'm just not going to have that. And you can follow me at SSBSLJ on Twitter. This This has been a good week. Stay cool, chads. A magnificent sight indeed.
私な」